This is the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. We help you grow your faith as you grow your business. And now, your host, Jesse Cole. Welcome to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. I am your host, Coach Jesse Cole. Thank you very much for joining us today. I'm excited for you, your family, and your business. I'm excited about what God is doing to you, through you, for you, and in you. Listen, we have a special, a special guest today, Ruben Watson. is doing some great things with, uh, with his books and with speaking and in the professional world and trying to be a good daddy and a husband. We're going to talk about all that stuff today. Yes, so, sir. Ruben, thank you very much for joining us today. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Honored to be in your presence. Uh, uh, a kingdom man to a kingdom man. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Sounds <laughs> <That was> good. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm excited, too, because we're going to talk about some things that are near and dear to my heart. You know, number one is, you know, family, um, mm-hmm. business, and also, yes. you know, you're an author, too. So, you know, these are all like in my wheelhouse. So I, I feel like yeah. I'm sitting down with my brother for real. Just Let's talk. Like, <laughs> um, so before we get started, man, I, I like to ask, uh, you know, five questions. I call them my kingdom, uh, kingdom platform um, pillars. So I want to ask you these five questions. And then uh, you just answer how you feel led to answer, man. I've, and this pretty much gives people a deeper understanding of who you are and, you know, how you're showing up in the world. All right. Yes, sir. All right. So, Ruben, what would you say your your message is? Like, what is your kingdom message? Oh, wow. So uh, my kingdom message is uh, we are all created by the creator to create. We all have an obligation, a responsibility to cultivate our spiritual gifts and share it with the world. That's some good stuff right there. Why do you think that's your kingdom message? Um, Because, I mean, let's go to the Bible. (laughs) In the beginning was the word, right? And God was with the word. And then the word became flesh. That, I've been studying that a lot lately about how God, the greatest artist of all time, the greatest creator of all time. So if we are meant to be reflections of God, not God, but God-like, then we also have an obligation to carry on that tradition and to manifest what we want. Good stuff, man. So we we got your message, but who needs that message? Who is the ideal person who needs that message that God has given you to deliver? The ones that need the message for me, like, you know, I focus more so as as a children's book author, first and foremost, the children Uh, for me, you know, my audience is is most likely families, but you must start with the children. The children are the seeds. The seeds grow to become the flowers or the trees. But, you know, to get the message to the children is kind of all inclusive where I have to speak to the parents or or the caretakers. But. I'm a children's book author, so I write to children because they are the future leaders of this world. They are the future kingdom moguls of this world, and they are the ones that are going to continue this tradition that you know our ancestors have established before us. So I think, um, you know, I try to I have to uh, saturate the message, right? <laughs> but the message is still as potent, where you know there is no age uh, that you can. There is no age requirement to be connected to God, you know, but if they don't have the awareness of which many children don't, um, that's that's where I'm called to to speak to them and connect to them and inspire them to be what they want to be. My third question is, 
why like why does your audience need this message wow the times we live in uh we are living in times of a pandemic like me and you having this conversation you know I know you. I'm, I'm a Michigander like you. So I'd love to sit with you. And we have sat together many times. But I think that uh, this digital age that we live in gives us an opportunity to connect in very unique ways with technology. And technology, in many instances, is a very powerful resource, but it can be a very distracting resource as well, especially for young people. Um, social media, cell phones, all of that has transformed societies in ways that just did not exist when you and I were coming up, you know? I got my first cell phone in um, in high school, my senior year. And that was right when it first started, like having a cell phone was something. They had phones before then, but there was like the, the big old joints, but like the small Nokia. So I say that to say, is a lot has that has happened in the past 20 to 25 years that has changed how we communicate, how we interact, and how information is shared. So when we talk about where we're at now, we have to be on the forefront of being intentional, continuing to uh, deliver messages, messages that are connected to God in innovative ways, but also to stay in alignment with current times. I can't, you know, I don't have a house phone. Do you? I don't, I don't know if you do. I don't have one. <laughs> my, my, my daughter asked me, what is a house phone? You know, she asked me, I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, a moment of time. I grew up in that era. So if we are not, you know, adjusting to the times, then we are going to, you know, not be as impactful. So you have to meet people where they are. Yeah. Why are you the one to share this message? What qualifies you? What makes you so special? <laughs> to share I love that question. <laughs> well, my father qualifies me, and I'm not talking about my biological father, my spiritual father, the father of all fathers, the king of all kings. God has directly spoken to me. God has put a gift into my heart and my mind to write, to communicate, to inspire and encourage young people. And uh, for many years, I ran away from it. You know, I, I was always working with youth, but it was like, you know, uh, not directly focused on inspiring them, maybe an after-school teacher, you know. But when I stopped working with youth and my grandmother had passed away and she was, you know, the one that kind of talked to me about the importance of volunteering and being of service to others, something was missing in my life. And I prayed, said, God, please use me how you want me to use, not based on, because I was chasing monetary things, trying to get out of poverty, trying to run up the bag, you know, for lack of a better term. But my heart felt it. My spirit felt it. And God came and got me like he got Jonah. <laughs> Said, hey, you, you can get in the well, but you can't get away from it. I was redirected. I was redirected. And um, God gave me an opportunity to start what I'm doing now, which I've been an author for over um, six years, just writing books, reading to children, inspiring literacy, but also inspiring them to, to write and craft their own narratives. So I'm not just, you know, coming to, to, to deliver a meaningful speech. I'm also a person, when I interact with youth, I try to give them tools, strategies, and opportunities to find their voice and, and craft their own stories. So like I said, created by the creator to create. God gives it to us. It's what we do with it. And so you pretty much answered my fifth question. And my fifth question is, 
how does your message transform lives? And you kind of yes. answered that, you know, in, in that last question about, you know, helping young people understand who they are in Christ and the whole leadership yeah. perspective and knowing that they are special. And so I know for me as a kid, when people would come and speak to me, come to our school for career days or pep rallies and stuff like that, like there are people that I still remember from fifth grade that impacted how I live my life today. And that was over wow. 30 years ago. So understanding wow. your understanding your influence, understanding that when you walk into the room, like the temperature changes and you have the opportunity to impact somebody's life. Like, that's amazing, man. That's some good stuff right there, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, man. And I got to stop right there and say, brother, you, you inspire me. You know what I mean? And when I was at Michigan State University, I remember the first time you know, we, we did our summer training for our college advising corps. I was the program director. And I remember you coming in there. I remember, I don't remember your exact speech, but I remember how captivating you were. But I also remember at the end, you ended with a story about fishing. And I don't know if you remember it, but, you know, I remember how the atmosphere changed based on how you concluded your session to how it was. So, you know, it's a, um, it was just good to get feedback from my staff members, just to say, you know, you are inspiring at all levels. So I think God gives us that responsibility. Like you may not remember how people, what people said, but I remember how everybody felt after that. And that I would have to say that was the God's presence in there because you had the whole room quiet, quiet, very silent. Everybody was hanging on to what you said. So it's just good to be able to reconnect with you and your energy, brother. Oh, thank you, man. I, I remember that day. I was with one of my yep. coworkers, Jennifer, um, and that mm -hmm. was our first. That was our first time ever doing something like that. Like we were, wow. we were part of a, um, a coaching, yeah, like yeah. deep DPN, like, and so yep. we, we were part of that. And they said, hey, you know, we want we want you to go up there and, and do this workshop. I'm like, what? We this, <laughs> this ain't what we do. So on the way up there, we were planning it out, and um, yeah, I shared the, the story about the fishing, which I, I share that often, which is a true yep. story, um, mm -hmm. and. I still have that video. Um, oh, so I, I still got the video from that. And okay. <laughs> what I talked about, what I talked about that day, I've actually converted that into a book. I'm going to be releasing the next couple of years. And so you wow. see how, how things happen. Oh, and that was and that was over. That was close to what ten years ago, somewhere right there. Ten five? years ago, about yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was that's some good stuff right there. Wow, that's crazy. Look how yeah, God man. Look how God worked, man. But that's like I said. That's what I'm talking about. The tremendous impact how you, when a candy, like you said, changing the temperature. I still remember it like yesterday. Wow. And I was like, whoa, we got to get this brother back. I don't know if we got you back, but I remember no, you they did. were asking for you to come back. <laughs> I kind of transitioned out of that role. It's all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, man. That, that was that was an interesting place in my life where I was at that time, man. So the yeah. fact that you were able to get something out of that I was in a hard place, man. And so you were able to get something out of that, man. That that lets me know that God is God was working in. And so I'm I'm happy that we were able to, to help out during that time, man. Amen. Um, so before we get into, into you, you know some some deep stuff, I was I was I was scavenging your IG account, right? I was I was okay. looking through all your stuff, man. <laughs> uh -oh. And uh, I saw something <laughs> that kind of caught my eye, right? It's so it, it looks like that you're a man who really loves your wife, man. Like, what's, <laughs> up, what's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he that findeth a good wife. <laughs> I've been blessed to find it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I've been married 
for about, you know, going on eight years. We just celebrated our seven year anniversary. And, you know, I, I was someone who was very intentional, you know, in my pre-marriage days about the woman that I was with. And, you know, my wife just kind of blew out any other woman I was dating at the time when I met her. She has been a blessing. Like when I say God said, this is the one, I heard it in my ears when I met her. And a lot of people was like, oh, is that love at first sight? I said, I don't know if it was love, but I got something that said her energy, she had the wife energy. And I said, she seems like a wife. And I said, I remember saying when I first met her, my wife. So I love my wife. I don't, I don't associate with men married to wives that kind of wife bash. I ain't with that. I am on the support your wife. She is the rock of our family. And I would not be the man I am. I would not be the person I am without having her in my life. So yes, I love my wife. Fellas, love your wives. Yeah, man. Just know that yeah. you're in good company, man. I feel the same way, man. I understand the power that and the energy, as you said, that my wife brings to our household. Um, and you know, you, you mentioned that you're a um a children's author. So, yeah. you know, let's talk about how to lead a family and business. Like how, like how do you balance that? How do you balance the gift of your kids while still, you know, creating a business around this whole idea of um, authorship? Man, I, that's a great question. I would have to go back and say, again, my wife is the first one. <laughs> I couldn't do it without her. No, I, I, in all seriousness, you know, I think uh, it, it's been a very calculated process. I have three lovely children, 11, six, and a one-year-old. So they're all at different stages in their life. And um, being an author, I have the honor and the opportunity to write my books based on them. So my children are my muses. So that makes it a little bit more easy for me because I write stories based on what they do. So my first children's book, Where's My Grandpa, is based on my daughter. Uh, my father passed away. My father's from Detroit. Uh, I got a lot of family in Detroit. Um, and she had never met him. He passed away before she was born. And there was a grandparents' day. And uh, all, the, all her classmates had their grandparents there. My mother showed up, but my father, he was passed away. So she was like five at the time. And you know how curious kids are. She was like, where's my grandpa? Where's my grandpa? She asked me about him an entire week straight to the point where I was a little bit annoyed, but I was also inspired. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I already told you his favorite color. I told you that everything she asked me, I answered. But I remember speaking to my wife about it and saying, wow, she, um, I could write a book about this. Like the question she asked me, dealing with the death of a loved one, uh, someone she had never met, um, all of those factors. And I've always been a writer. I mean, scale back. I've always been a poet. You know, when I got older, it kind of turned into rapping. I was a rapper for three days and I retired. But um, I was like, I'm gonna just write a book about it. You know, I um, and I sat down with my daughter and explained to her like, what you're saying is a book. So she helped me. She was not only my muse, she was also my critic. You know, I would write a draft. She say, change that. Don't do that. No, I don't like that, dad. That my. So I had the opportunity to read my book to her classmates and get feedback. So the journey began at home. And um, my, my second most recent book, Friendly Skies and Sunny Days, that was written on uh, COVID, put us in a position where we felt trapped, trapped in the house. You know, a lot of people say they homesick. We were sick of home. 
because that was like the only place we were, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm pretty sure you know. So yeah. it was virtual learning. Oh my gosh, goodness gracious. But I remember the feelings of freedom, the feelings of joy, the feelings of just release whenever we went to the park after school. So Friendly Skies and Sunny Days is an ode to parks, being out in nature, and also ecotherapy, the opportunity to enjoy nature, chase butterflies, uh, spot a deer, all of that. We saw all these stories are true. They didn't happen all in one day, but they happen through our, our multiple uh, experiences out just going to the park. So I write my stories from a perspective of my children being my muses, and from their experiences. And I try to share it with the world to inspire other children and other families to do the same. All right. So now that I heard that, I'm gonna have to tap into you because my <laughs> both of my children have asked me, Daddy, we wanna be authors just like you. So can you help Ooh. us write a book? So we so we so we just had our um I call it, you know, whenever whenever I'm bringing on the client, I do a discovery call with them. So I took them to Panera Bread and we did a client discovery meeting at Panera oh, Bread. Oh, wow. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, if you really want this, this, this is what it's going to feel like, right? I think and that's so, where I went with you. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And so um, we were talking about the ideas and my son, he's really big into, um, he's really trying to find himself as a leader. He's eight years old, right? And, yeah. I, and, I, and I told him, I said, Dean, you are, you are a leader. You can't escape it. Um, mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. You live in my house. This, this, like this is who you are, and so yes, you can't run away from it. Now, my job as a father is to help help you discover what that looks like for you. Not, you know, you don't gotta be like me, but what what does that look like for you? Um, yeah. What like what is so he want he want to write a book on helping his friends become better leaders, right? Wow. And so I'm like I'm like okay, we we can do that. We can do it. We can do it. And my daughter wants to write a book on, you know, like how to be a big girl, like big girls do big things kind of things. So hey, yeah. sound like leader to me too. Yeah, man. So, um, and I wish somebody would have told me that when I was a kid. Like, I, I know I always felt different. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying I was better than anybody else, but I always felt like out of place. Like I didn't fit in certain areas. No, no matter where I was, I didn't feel like I just actually was supposed to fit there. Yeah. And nobody really told me what that was. So I wish somebody would have told me, hey, Jesse, like you... You, you, you made different, like you, you different. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me take you up under my wing and like groom yeah. you a little bit. Like I had to figure this stuff out on my own. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, one thing I'm gonna tell my son is that I'm telling you right now, you're eight, like you're a leader. You can't escape that. Now it's all about discovering what that looks like for you and how God Absolutely. wants you to step out there and, you know, lead the world and stuff like that. So Amen. that's where we are with that, man. Yeah. 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 I, and if I could give any tips, man, I think you did it the right way. Sit down with him. Run it down, like, because you told me so many things during our conversation. I was like, yeah, I remember you was like, your book is like your mixtape. And, yeah. you know, you get this, I remember you saying, I remember this conversation. So, you know, when, when you're talking about your children, it's like, you know, my daughter, she's written, since I wrote my book, she's become, she's written like 10 or 11 books. And she's like, dad, I want to publish it. And the problem is with her is she just keeps writing the books. I'm like, uh, okay, you, you didn't out. Blew me out the water. I can help you with the process. But, um, you know, once it gets down to the nitty gritty of going through, the, I'm like, you need to do this, do this and that. That way she's kind of she's missing out on. So I'm trying to help develop her and say, OK, it's going to take money, uh, you know, maybe some chores because you're not working yet. And we can work with you on this, like if you really want to do it. So I, I think that sometimes, uh, at least in my home, it's like they want to do it. But when I sit down and say, 
All right, let's do it. Dad, I don't want to do it. So I think I sometimes it's like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. That's something I had to learn. Being an artist and being an author is good, but there's a business side associated with it. And I'm glad I had like insight from you to really learn that because everybody wants to write the story, but it's like, there's a different part. There's the editing, there's, there's the uh, 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 getting it you know, distributed, there's marketing. So being an author has put me on a journey. And like I said, when I go sell my books, I usually have my family with me to go back and answer your question. Cause it's a fan. I'm a, my books are for family. So I usually have them with me. Sometimes my children sell a book. I'll, I'll pay them for that. Sometimes they just want to sit back and, and, and just watch me sell. And then they ask, can they get something to eat? So it's a, it's an inclusive experience. I if I can have, if I'm going in spaces, first of all, where families are welcome, right? I've been to some places where I'm like, I probably shouldn't have brought my kids here. Probably shouldn't. But that was trial and error, right? Just, just learning, you know, where to sell and how to do it. But now I'm in a position where I'll tell my kids, daddy has a book fair he's going to this weekend. If you want to come with me, you're welcome to. They always say yes. They just get bored probably an hour in. So I'm still trying to balance that and also, sometimes my wife would just take them to the park, like, let me sail for the rest of, because sometimes they'll just, you know, they'll just be tired or, you know, they just may not be in the mood to just be in that space. So I'm, I'm still figuring it out, man. Yeah, and man. I've been doing this for five years, but I've found that it's more helpful to include them in the journey as to the extent, as far as they want to go. And then when they're done and tired of daddy talking about his books to people, let them go play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah. one, one, one thing that I want to encourage you to do, man, is continue to manage your expectations, right? Because you know, we, like we're adults, we can we can sit and stand behind the table for hours because we know hours. that we're we're there for on a mission, and mm -hmm. we feel as if if our kids are sitting there for only one hour, they're not getting what they need, but really they are. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're absorbing the whole mm -hmm. experience. Like so, we can take we can take information in at a bigger scale than they can. Yes, sir. Right? And yep. so, it, and so for them, they may know they, they they probably only need to see like thirty minutes of action to get the idea. <laughs> yep. Then they got to go off and do kid stuff, but they're processing <laughs> it at the same time. Yeah, well, you're we right. can sit behind the table and be like, okay, I know I got to sell twenty books today in order to get my <laughs> gas money to go back. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's our responsibility. So just yes, exposure, sir. exposure yeah. is what they need. They have access and exposure. Mm -hmm. gives our gives our kids an opportunity to begin to see the world through their own eyes right you're right Those yeah hours. yeah yep yep yeah, you, mm -hmm. you mentioned that you wrote poetry yep then you began you know you began you know you were a rapper for a couple of days i started rapping right? I, you know I, I got into i got into those ciphers and yeah. i was like i gotta i gotta spit these bars they yes. gotta hear me <laughs> so we so we so uh, our path has been kind of parallel, right? I was writing poetry, <laughs> writing love letters for my friends, you know? Yep. Okay. And I went into, I didn't do hip hop, but I was R&B. Brian McKnight is my guy. Marvin Ooh, is Brian. my guy. So I was like, you know, I was a church boy who listened to uh -huh. R&B and yeah. was like trying to, you know, teeter, you know, between the two. And yeah. then I became an author after that, man. So what inspired yeah. you to write? Yeah, man. Uh, I would have to say my mom. My mother, you know, my mother is like, she's an excellent writer. She, she had, I remember growing up and she used to just quiz me. She had this big old red dictionary, the Merriam Webster. I don't know if you remember, like that big, thick, with thick the gold one. writing. Was that, yep, that with the gold, gold writing? writing? That one. <laughs> yep. 
So she used to have that. And she used to always say she's big on vocabulary and words. And, you know, she used to do a lot of she wrote poetry, but she wasn't like, you know, like heavy into it like me. She 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 just did a lot of writing. So she used to write me letters and write my siblings letter about school. And I'm like, we're in the same house. But it was like I just appreciated it. And then she had some some uh, some friends and, and associates who were incarcerated. So she used to do a lot of writing. Yeah. So when I think about who inspired me, it's her because, you know, her foundation and her love for words and vocabulary, like, you know, she was the first person that said the word idiosyncrasies to me. And I was like seven and I was like blown away. Like, how did you say that? What is that? How do you spell? And she said, go spell it, go find it. And she kind of put me on a journey of, you know, going through that dictionary some days and just learning new words and reading. So my 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 inspiration is my mother, but it's also I have a I'm a natural reader. I love reading. I spent many weekends, which kind of helped me on my path in libraries, reading books, checking out books and just kind of opening up my mind to understanding literature and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. What's been what's been your biggest challenge so far? As yeah. you're like, as you're navigating this whole what space that that you're in yeah. right now, my biggest challenge is, you know, I, I'm a one man army, and I mean that, you know, like my family is helpful, but they're not as you know involved as they could be because they got other things, and I'm working full time too, so this is like not my only profession or not my only venture. So, time is my biggest challenge. You know, I I, I wish I had more time to do what I'm doing. Um, but also I'm a self-published author. So, you know, I'm picking up, you know, I'm, I'm sending the press releases out. I'm setting up podcast interviews. I'm doing, doing the, the, I'm going to the market and selling my stuff. So, you know, I, I look at that journey, but I, I value the journey because I think for me, number one, I'm able to understand the business a lot better, but I'm also able to share and explain it to like friends. I had so many family members a cousin of mine who just published her book, The Adventures of Rufus and Rita, um, she came to me. She was like, you're an author. I always wanted to write a book. I said, this is you do it. This is the strategy. This is what I did. Use what, what you can. And she's, she's published her book. She's working on her second one. So I, I think understanding the business is always uh, uh, um, been a challenge, but I'm getting better at that, managing my time, but also being more intentional with my digital marketing. Like, you know, the, this stuff, like, like I said, we have to be relevant. So you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't on Instagram. It was like, you go to the bookstore, buy a book. But now books, in many instances, are more digitized. So, you know, the, the bookstore down the corner may not be the best place for me to place my book where 10 years ago it was, you know. So I have to be very aware of everything and everywhere I invest my energy into, if that makes sense. It does, man. We get to do this work, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Often, oftentimes it can get, it can get overwhelming if, if we allow it to, but we have to remind mm -hmm. ourselves that like God is allowing us to learn all these things, learn the business, yeah. learn the, 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 the in-between. So we, it's, it's building our skill set up yes, and we're going to be able to use that um, later on in life. And I'm, and I know this is true for me because mm -hmm. I published my first book around 2007, 2008. Wow. Um, nobody in my family, nobody I knew was actually trying to write books or trying to be speakers and stuff like that. Yeah. Outside of my dad, he was a preacher. So, but that's the only person that I really saw, mm -hmm. um, like actually writing something down and then getting up and talking about it. Like, <laughs> um, but like none of my friends, none of my colleagues were even thinking like that. And 
and now that I look back on it, I wouldn't say thinking big. I'm just saying like thinking, thinking like that. Yeah. And so um, at the time I was working at a job at Verizon Wireless, man. And I was like, man, this can't be life. This is mm. like, there's more there. There's yes, more. There's more. And so I would work eight hours a day, come home and write. And I, after six months, I had my book, but I didn't know what else to do with it. I'm like, I got a book. OK, cool. Now yeah. I got to go share this message. Right. So I began like <laughs> knocking on school doors and trying to trying to get, you know, to speak to youth and anybody, yeah. anybody that will listen. Yeah. You need that audience. Right. I needed that audience. I, I had to I had to practice getting in front of people talking, because if you see me in regular life, I'm kind of reclusive. I don't really talk a whole lot until I really mm -hmm. have to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, really trying to be impeccable with my words. And so that was a big thing for me to go knock on doors and get rejected and stand on corners like a panhandler and sell oh, my wow. book, like just like doing all this stuff to really, it, it wasn't really about selling books. It was about me getting over the fear mm. of getting out there. Yeah. I, I had to feel that rejection. I had to feel that sting. I had to feel that stuff, man. And yeah. so now we're in 2021. So what, 13, 14 years later, Down everything way. I saw yeah. myself doing back in 2007, 2008, is coming around full circle. The coaching, wow. the speaking, the yeah. multiple books, the podcast, yeah. the talk yeah. shows, the, all this stuff that I wanted to do. It took all that time to really break that that fallow ground up. So now I can do it with authenticity and yeah. boldness versus trying yeah. to copy somebody else, man. Yeah, so it's yeah. all working for your good, man. Yeah, and I, I want to honor your consistency, brother. Like I oh, said, <laughs> this is just like our conversation years ago. It's not the same conversation, but I'm saying like I've seen, you know, a lot of people with your position, like company was like, okay, they killing, they killing, then they disappear. It's like what happened to them? You know what I mean? But you've been consistent, and you you have when you're continuing to be consistent. I think if we're talking connecting to God, He's calling us to be fruitful and multiply. And, and, and we got to continue to stay present. So that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm inspired too. I never said I want to do one book. You know, I always said I want to continue to write books for my children as long as they're children. But what about when they become teenagers? Well, I might run it, write a teen book. I want to match their lives with my messages. But um, even if I do write something else, you know, I'm letting God lead the way. So I'm keeping the faith in that. Yeah, man. So talk about your 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 active projects you have going on right now. You have, you know, your children's book, Friendly Sky, Sunny God, Days. Sunny days. Yeah. You have some other things going on. So talk more about what yeah. that book is and, and talk about the dream around that book, the vision yeah. around that message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the Friendly Skies and Sunny Days was never Friendly Skies and Sunny Days. It was actually it had another title. <laughs> It's like going from what uh, 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 Saul to Paul, pretty much, if, we, if you know what I'm talking about. The original title of this book was uh, uh, Placid Moons and Rainy Days. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you changed it now. <laughs> <laughs> right, me too. It was written about a rainy day experience I had. Um, I read it to my children. Like I said, Dad, I don't like this. Dad, what are you talking about? Why is it raining, Dad? Like my, my daughter, my son, they just kind of double teamed it. It was like, I don't like this part. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. Uh, and it had the same flow that it has now. And I had, but I had to change some elements and friendly skies and sunny days literally brightened up the, the title, but also uh, the, 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 the context in the book. So I wrote it, like I said, it was a rainy day when I wrote it. 
yeah. the original contact. Things change, things evolve. But I wrote it from the perspective of just the importance of observing nature. If you read the book, it's really about two kids, brother and sister. What they're doing is they're they're looking, like I said, looking at butterflies, counting the number of ladybugs and roly polies, watching birds, stuff we do, but stuff that we really kind of, in many cases, take for granted because we live in a society where the TV is the most valuable, most watched thing or the, or the computer or now the cell phone. So we have an opportunity to look at, you know, the, the original Facebook was our faces, right? The original you know, Instagram was going outside and playing. And I heard, you probably heard like an aunt or uncle saying, all this stuff, all this stuff. So I'm not talking down on that stuff. What I'm saying is God's creation is naturally created. And I think we miss out on opportunities to just stand in all of those things by um, turning our experiences on things that are not real, animated uh, uh, movies, books, all of that stuff. All of that stuff kind of takes away from the original creation of this beautiful planet that we live in. So I wrote it from the premise of saying, we're, we're living in this world. I got to promote and market my, my books on these platforms. So I'm not bashing them, but I'm saying, let's not forget where we're at. Let's not forget the importance of being in a natural space in a natural environment without those distractions around. And I think that's what I'm saying. The call to action is that is to say, take your kids to the park, Read, go outside. It don't matter the weather. Enjoy God's creation, which is the earth and this planet that we live in. Yeah. And I try to do it in a funny way. I don't say that word for word in the book, but it's if you look at each page, it it, it puts sheds light on the different creations of God. Man, such a strong and simple message. Yeah, that we can we can we can overlook when we get tapped into the busyness busyness of life. Like I know. Yeah. As, as, as you're talking, as you're describing the purpose behind the book, I'm thinking about, man, when's the last time I took my kids to the backyard? You know? Oh, goodness. <laughs> and so, and, you know, because I'm, you know, I, I work from home or, you know, yeah. we, we go, you know, we do work in the studio. And so I'm like, man, when's the last time I actually did that with my kids? Like, wow. purposely, intentionally, intentionally, hey, we're going to go to the park and you can do what you want. Because sometimes... Mm -hmm. I get frustrated, you know, because, you know, I'm like, okay, it's time to go. We've been here 30 minutes because I got stuff I need to do. Stuff to do. Like, Why are we leaving so early? We just now getting started. I'm like, you just now getting started. So just really having, like being intentional about alleviating the pressure yeah. of, of being in the moment. Mm -hmm. like, like just be in the moment and let the kids be, be who they're supposed to be, man. Yeah. Let them run, let them play. And I've never took my kids to the park and regretted it unless they've got hurt. That's the only time like, oh, snap, you know, you got hurt. But even with that, they still had an enjoyable time up to that moment. <laughs> and I think just to be able to enjoy oxygen, enjoy letting your kids, because in the house, it's like, I don't want you running up and down my stairs. Yeah. So you need to go outside. Yeah. And, you know, my kids have become, like I said, because of COVID, a little bit more attached to technology and things than I was. And I don't want to be the parent saying, you know, I used to go outside, but all y'all do is watch games. And I've said it. But unless we take them because they're not going out, they're too young to be out by themselves, then they're not going to go. So I have to also, in many cases, I have to put my phone down sometimes and I got to play with them, you know, uh, if there's no kids around. But I enjoy those moments and I, I wanted to encourage and inspire you other families 
just to take time together, disconnected and connect with each other. Yeah. If there was one thing that you could tell a um, aspiring author yeah. who wants to do the work that you're doing, um, who may feel like they have a message, but for some reason there's some barriers in the way preventing them from getting started or maybe they're stuck. Mm-hmm. How would you encourage them to like embrace this moment and commit to moving forward with, 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 with their author um, aspirations? Oh, wow. Wow. That's a good question. Well, the first thing I would say is pray because prayer changes things. Um, like I said, I prayed, I said, God, please help me develop my spiritual gifts. I would say, I mean, you ain't got to say it just like that, but I would encourage if this is a gift and there's a barrier in the way, God is going to guide you where you need to be. And that's the foundation of how I operate, whether it's a new job opportunity, uh, even marrying my wife, writing a book, like God help me navigate this, this venture, guide me where I need to be, connect me who I need to connect with. And as long as you have that as the foundation and you keep the faith and continue to, if you got the barriers, you should at least be able to do something for, if not 20, 30 minutes every day, that's going to build you, get you closer. So start with healthy patterns of reorganizing your schedule to focus on that thing, even no matter how challenging it is, if you could at least craft out 10, 15 minutes, write, write a sentence a day about your book, talk to somebody about your book, find people that encourage you, inspire you to, to, you know, grow that gift, gift, but start with the prayer because the prayer is going to open the door and your action has to follow up with that. It's not just pray and wait. Uh, You know, you got to be intentional. So, be more intentional about what it is that you want to do and make sure that your faith aligns with your actions. Good stuff, man. Ruben, thank you very much for joining us today, man. You've been a breath of fresh air, man. I really love your heart around, you know, family and and really teaching your kids the importance of their spiritual gifts and loving on your wife and making sure that you you create, I don't want to call it a balance, but creating a a healthy rhythm in your home between, you know, what God has called you to do and you know, in, 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 in your professional life too, man. I know that can be yeah. tough and challenging sometimes. So <laughs> I applaud you. I applaud you for identifying that that is a challenge and not just sitting on your butt, but like actually mm-hmm. trying to do something about it. Do know? something. <laughs> no I problem. I, yeah, uh, no problem. And, and I just thank God for you too, man. Thank you for inspiring me. When I started my journey, you sat down with me. And I'll never forget it. Well, you just gave me a little bit. You're a busy man as well. You got a family, but I appreciate you just sitting down with me and helping me understand, you know, what it is to be entrepreneur, but also what it is to be a kingdom mogul. Oh, man. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Peace and love, man. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing, downloading your favorite episode, and sharing the podcast via social media. Don't forget to visit KingdomMogulCoaching.com to find more resources to help you grow your faith as you grow your business. Remember, what you want to become depends on your willingness to become it.